0: Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Well, today we'll talk to some experts in the world of architecture, design, and construction. You know, as the economy has improved and commercial real estate fundamentals have also improved, new development is really heating up. Well, today we'll look behind the curtain and share the latest with you. Please welcome my first guest, Kermit Baker. Chief Economist with AIA, the American Institute of Architects. Kermit, thanks for joining us today.
1: Glad to be here, Michael.
0: Well, thank you, Kermit. And first of all, if you can let us know, what do you see for construction levels uh, out there right now, and uh, how does that compare to can, can recent years and maybe pre-recession? It seems like we're seeing a few more cranes around.
1: We are. We're finally starting to see some, uh, uh, some progress, but um, you know we really have a long ways to go we we saw you know the industry took tremendous hits from uh um you know its peak in two thousand eight up and down until it's uh trough in early 2012. Um, We we estimate uh, from government data that we lost about a third of business in in uh, non-residential building activity. Um, And 2012 saw a bit of a recovery. 2013, unfortunately, was kind of just uh, uh, moving sideways. So uh, we still have a long ways to go. I I think we're uh, getting off to 2014 uh, with some good solid fundamentals, good tailwind behind us. So I think it'll be a great year for construction this year.
0: Okay, so how, what do you expect levels to, to increase by this year or next year? I mean, do you see...
1: Well, we, we, we run a uh, consensus forecast where we talk to the major uh, uh, organizations that uh, forecast building activity, and, and, and they're pretty optimistic about the year. You know, on average, they're seeing close to 6% increase in spending uh, on buildings um, and you know, 10% on the commercial side. Uh, a little bit less, about three percent on the institutional side. So, um, uh, y- y- you know, I think those are those are good, solid numbers. We you know, expect to see uh, construction activity grow faster than the economy uh, this year, and uh, as I say, begin to make up for um, uh, for several years of weakness that we saw during the downturn.
0: Okay. And how will that affect jobs related to the construction world? I know the the construction level jobs seem to also help the economy uh, do we see levels picking up in architecture and construction
1: yeah there uh, you know construction jobs are very critical uh... for the uh, a- economy they they tend to be um, you know pretty 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 good paying jobs um, and, and uh, tend to really kick-start the, the local economic base of many areas across the country uh, on the architecture side um, you know we saw big hits we saw uh... you know uh, almost sixty thousand employment, uh, employee positions, payroll positions lost during the downturn, and uh, nice. we've just gained back a, a small share of that. Um, but but we expect to see it pick up by you know two three percentage points uh, in in two thousand fourteen. On the broader construction side, um, you know again a huge losses. Lost about one hundred and seventy thousand. Construction jobs and, and again hope to see that pick up by about uh, two or three percent um, in 2014. So, uh, you know, slowly but surely edging back up to uh, uh, getting us close to uh, levels that we saw before the downturn.
0: Okay, we're talking with Kermit Baker, chief economist with AIA, the American Institute of Architects. And, you know, architecture industry revenues, I guess, were also a good sign of, of what's going to happen in the future. You know, it uh, seems like zoning attorneys that I talked to and architects that I talked to seem to be a lot busier where are revenues for uh, the architecture industry now
1: well they're starting to pick up uh, you know we track uh, and have been for the last uh, 20 years now been been tracking uh, billings activity at architecture firms we call it our architecture billings index and, and we feel that it provides a you know a really very good indicator of where the overall construction market is headed and architecture billing started turning up uh, around the middle of, of 2012, and uh, we've only had a couple down months over that uh, year and a half, kind of uh, ended the 2013 on a, on, a, on a bit of a weak note. We think a lot of that was uh, uh, weather-related, uh, uh, just couldn't uh, proceed on construction projects as, as fast as uh, uh, we would hope for. Uh, 2014, we just today uh, released our January uh, um, Architecture Billings Index, and even with the tough conditions that we saw uh, across big parts of the country um, in, in January, our Billings Index did pop back up. So it looks like uh, we're we're getting into uh, 2014 with a. Uh, a uh, bit of a bit of an upturn in in terms of uh, design work at architecture firms
0: well that's a good sign of, of things to come i assume and so what are the hot sectors what are the the hot property types that uh, you expect to see moving forward new construction
1: well the the, the downturn uh... On the, on the non-residential side the the, um, the 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 downturn began on the commercial side the upturns uh... uh... began on the commercial side so you know spending numbers for hotels for retail and, and and even office buildings uh, are 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 up uh, at, at a pretty strong pace, and as I suggested, uh, um, you know we expect to see our consensus forecast is projecting 10 uh, percent uh, growth in commercial spending across the board in in in, in 2014, and, and another 10 percent, 11 percent in 2015, and that's really pretty even a, a, across the major categories. Strong growth on the hotel side, strong growth on the office side, uh, strong growth on the retail side all all three of those sectors uh, at or very close to double digit growth for both uh, two thousand and fourteen and two thousand and fifteen the The institutional sector is um, generally takes a little longer to recover it It, it held a little stronger. Uh, before it headed into a downturn back in 2008, uh, taking uh, a little longer to pull out of that downturn now. So you know, most of the major institutional sectors were still negative for uh, 2013 uh, uh, he- he- health care. Uh, one of the stronger ones, but it saw saw a modest decline last year. Uh, education uh, declined, government facilities, public safety, religious, really all uh, modestly down in, uh, in 2013. 2014, you know, we think that recovery is is going to begin. Um, you know, slow single-digit growth in 2000. Uh, uh, 14 uh, mid uh, five six percent seven percent potentially in 2015. Uh, strongest uh, uh, major sector is likely to be uh, healthcare um, for for a couple reasons. One is the, certainly the demographics support that as as we baby boomers move into our uh, 60s and and and, and 70s, um, you know spending on healthcare is going to pick up. And then, uh, in all likelihood, the Affordable Care Act is going to uh, trigger some construction of health-related facilities to accommodate the new folks that are uh, covered under that program. E- education uh, very much driven by uh, demographics, and uh, um, you know, bit, bit of a bit of a weakness in on some of the demographic areas uh, during the downturn. Birth rates were down uh... marriage rates were down um and so uh... a bit of a pause there but as uh... as the economy picks up the demographics will pick up and uh... I expect to see the education markets, uh, really the the K through twelve, begin to pick up uh, over the next several years.
0: I see, and a lot of people we talk to suggest that new development may be be tempered a little bit by rising construction costs. Uh, Kermit, what do you see for construction costs right now, and how they compare to uh, recent years?
1: Well, there's a lot of volatility in in in, in construction costs, um, and and probably more volatility than we would expect, given um, you know how weak the uh, the construction markets, particularly the non-residential markets, have been over the last four or five years. So you know the government tracks this, and they're telling us over the last year, kind of you know uh, construction costs are have been up uh, three four uh, percent over the past year. Uh, you know probably a not a lot of that is on the labor side because the unemployment rate is still so high um, but but some of it on the material side and and material side you know prices have really been kind of all over the board uh recently we 're seeing double digit increases in you know gypsum products and in, insulation materials, lumber and plywood, sort of the basic commodities used in home building, and that segment's been stronger um, but the but the metals uh prices are you know, down uh, five, six, seven percent over the last year. Um, um, after, you know, after being high three or four years ago, so kind of a, a bit of a roller coaster on the material side. Um, you know, and and as the market begins to heat up, I think there's a more potential for volatility in materials prices moving forward.
0: In a 15-second answer, what do you expect for construction costs uh, over the next year? What do you expect they'll they'll head?
1: You know, I think they're going to be up. I think they're probably going to be up 3%, 3, 3, 4%, but, but, I, but I do think that it, it really depends on the specific uh, product that you're looking at. That, that, that average is not going to be a good representation of uh, most of the key uh, commodities, which, like I say, could go anywhere from 5%, 10% down to 10 15% up.
0: Kermit Baker, thanks for joining us, sir.
1: My pleasure, Michael.
0: Be sure to check out AI's website at AI.org for more information. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate related topics, check out our on-demand show podcast. For example, in separate shows, we recently covered the industrial market, the multifamily sector, retail, and the office market. There are lots of interesting shows to choose from. Just grab your phone, tablet, computer, visit iTunes, or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Today, we're talking about architecture, design, and construction. Please welcome Donald Banger, Principal, Urban Design Group. UDG thrives on multiple uses, budgets, and environmental challenges, utilizing pragmatic creativity to produce beautiful and appropriate solutions. Donald, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I like that byline there, you know. It's exciting, isn't it? Uh, Also, please welcome Bruce McAvoy with Perkins and Will. Established in 1935, Perkins and Will has 24 locations in the U.S. and all over the world. Bruce, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Michael. It's great to be here. Well, guys, we appreciate uh, you joining us here in Studio One. and You know, the architecture industry can be a sign for future construction and, and jobs and and a lot of other positive business activity what does the volume of bu- business in the industry today compare to say pre-recession or the last few years are you seeing a, a big itup, uh, uptick in business
2: um well michael i think we're seeing um across the board an increase um you know we. we- in the recession we saw uh, our business sort of move around globally. We saw an uptick in China, we were working in the Middle East. Uh, we kind of had markets all over the world with a very diverse uh, group of market sectors and disciplines which kind of uh, flattened out some of, the, some of the stronger points of our economy. But now it feels like um, you know, there's less sort of fishing and simulation in the market, more projects are going all the way through uh, to full conversion, we're seeing cranes go up as you mentioned earlier. Um, I think it's, it's a, a really optimistic time. Um, I think we're right on the cusp also in our industry of seeing sort of uh, the uptick in hiring and sort of uh, people staffing up again. I think um, we're right at the edge of that right now.
3: In um, Perkins and Will's uh, favor, they're a bigger firm on the medium to the boutique size. It's still a, it's still a time at which we're looking for the pipeline to start filling up. What uh, we were fortunate to do is, during the recession, is to find a client that was keeping us very, very busy and very, very focused. And uh, we are finishing a couple of, of major projects, and yet there's not the backfill that, that, that we're seeing. So it's not uniformly as positive yet.
0: And are you seeing more uh, of uptick in the US? I mean, I know you guys are working all over the world.
2: I feel like in um, in our regional market, we've seen more activity than we've seen over the last three or four years, and it's and again, it's definitely um, you know not simulation, but conversion to real work that um, that you know we're breaking ground on now. So um, that's great, and we're seeing that in in all of the big markets in the U.S., um, which has been kind of the the struggle of how we're going to keep up with sort of this global practice and some of the markets that have remained hot, and then we're layering on. Um, sort of this uptick in our, in our local markets, whether that's the Northeast, Southeast, or West Coast in Canada.
0: Let's talk about that a minute. Donald, uh, you know, how is the industry different today than it was in past years? One of the
3: things I like about what has happened in the recession is that there was a, a discipline. Sometimes discipline comes from fear, mm-hmm. and fear is a good thing because it moderates your behavior in the future. But not, not, not that fear should be overpowering. What is happening is partnering, and the client is seeing that they're bringing all of the players at the table early on in order to, to advance a common goal. That is exciting, and that is really one of the ways in which success can be much more guaranteed. So we, we go forward in a partnered kind of a way more now than we ever did before.
0: Okay. And Bruce, if I'm uh, looking to hire an architect for a project, what are some important things I should consider when I'm picking the right firm?
2: Well, I think, um, you know, everybody has sort of the right fit um, for, for their expectations for the project. And, and I think the biggest thing is to not underestimate the value of that endeavor. Um, you know, it, your space speaks um, a, a wealth about you and, and who you are. Um, we're seeing more and more clients um, wanting, having very high expectations too. Um, they kind of want it all. they want it for less, and they want it quicker, of course. So um, <laughs> exactly, right? Want so, it now. That's why so the and they want it needs. now. So That's why um, y- you know, you really need to think about two sort of multidisciplinary design firms, I think. Um, the idea of sort of a a, a very traditional delivery or segmented uh, piece that has to be coupled together with several different efforts. Um, we're going to see an evolution within uh, the design industry to kind of, I think streamline that and make that a more holistic answer to questions of, of design, of space, and, and what company needs are.
3: I concur. There is uh, some report it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there. there was one of those. 90% of what we do as architects, I think, is, is not the design that people see on the exterior of a building. And it's, in selecting, it, you have to pick an architect who knows how to balance in their design. Delivery, discipline, and leadership, and listening acuity. And that is really what's what's necessary in the beginning, is that listening acuity. So we bring more of what you as the owner needs rather than what we as an architect may desire. So that
0: is what I'm seeing that clients are listening for. Yeah, that's a good point, and uh, I think that's really important. You know, in our brokerage business, we have to listen to our clients, and you know all, all, all the service providers you know we need to figure out what's important to the client and, and listen and, and try to help them get that done so let's talk about some mistakes to avoid when, I, when you're dealing with a project and you're in the planning process design process what are some mistakes to avoid
2: I think um, personally in my experience it's been um, people underestimating again sort of going into this endeavor um, whether that be uh, access to sort of the ideals of the company um, who the decision makers are going to be and how strong that client group is. Some of the most successful projects I've had include the C-suite and in fact usually the CEO of the company. They know where they're going, they know what, uh, what they're doing, and they have a vision. And they understand that their space is completely coupled to that vision. You know, it used to be, you know, let's do a build out, we need some space. Um, it was kind of a thing of, of, we just need something that looks good. Um, I think more and more savvy clients now are understanding that your space is integrally linked to um, how your business performs, how well you do, and it's actually a business tool now. Mm-hmm.
3: Bringing everybody to the table is the first thing and foremost thing, so yeah.
0: I, I agree with that.
2: Setting yeah. common goals.
0: Yeah. 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 And are people making any mistakes with trying to cut costs too much or to put too many people in too small a space? or uh, any other things that you would caution uh... clients out there about in their in their design that's done in the process anyway that's part of the discussion
3: mm-hmm. everybody has a different idea of how to answer the, the the problem being solved and everybody brings different tools and that's why bringing the team together that having that open minded discussion is so important
2: What's yeah it? and I, i'd just like to make a point too yeah. that that good design doesn't necessarily have to take longer or cost more. No, it doesn't. Um, you can be clever, sophisticated, and come up with something. You can do a lot with with less. Um, I think a lot of times clients have a, an expectation going into things uh, based on what they did last time or a space Oops. they've been in, and you know we don't always don't always need to go down that road. Yeah. Um, understanding everyone's expectations at the table. The resources at the table and and what we can do, that's where I think uh, the power of good design lies. Balancing all
0: that. Yeah, That's a good point. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. When we get back, we're going to talk about some of the tools that are being used in the architecture world today. Some more about design. We're also going to look at some of the various sectors in commercial real estate and look at some points about architecture, design, and construction related to each sector. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit FranceMediaInc.com or call 404-832-8262. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Well, we have some great shows coming up for you. Next week, we'll cover the senior housing and assisted living industry. Be sure to catch shows of special interest to you. Sign up for a a once-a-week email announcing the show topic at commercialrealestateshow.com. Today, we're discussing architecture, design, and construction. My guests are Donald Banger, Urban Design Group, and Bruce McAvoy with Perkins & Will. And, uh, Bruce, what types of technology... are are you using uh, what's prevalent today when technology and architecture and working with clients?
2: Well, I think that the technology debate today is really um, a commitment to BIM. Um, It's been there for a while. Um, Building information modeling, we see that expanding, you know, in all directions. So from our side of the fence, uh, usually visualization, sort of developing a, a, a better design, clash detection, working with our partners in the construction industry, um, and kind of moving all the way through the the cycle, hopefully, to what we're seeing now with some of uh, the more progressive clients going to building management at the tail end. Um, however, it's funny, um, you know, we finished our uh, new location a couple of years ago and really committed ourselves to a robust model shop. You know, 3D printing and, uh, you know, some CNC machines for communication with clients. and. And that coupled with some of my work over the past uh, couple of years working in Asia where there was um, connectivity issues. I'd be with a client maybe in Beijing. Uh, We'd have an office in Shanghai working on the project and an office in Atlanta creating a 24-cycle. And what was funny was that the major tool in that case, kind of like going back to traditional model building, was my pen, sketching taking a picture with my iPhone, and piping that to the right office uh, with a continued conversation, you know, either in the morning or the evening. So it's really funny, it's, it's top to bottom, I think. We, we, we've got more technology and more tools than we can imagine, also the analysis tools. We know we're using ecotech, things like that to do building performance, uh, climate modeling, all sorts of stuff, but when it comes down to it, it's still a simple conversation with people, and I think those simple tools are still at the heart of our industry.
3: Yeah, one of the best ways in order to communicate is to take what is being said and translated by hand as you're communicating yeah. and you cannot do that that quickly with BIM. Yeah, BIM is great for the efficiency that it provides all the way through the process, but it's a process. But the exceptional yeah. the interchange, yeah. that's that's where the key is. You still have to have the tool drawing.
2: Yeah. And design is, you know, there's a lot of prototyping in design. It's one of the core sort of tenets of yeah. of the design process. And what I find is exciting is, is we're getting to the point now where that, that prototyping can happen through permutations, you know, what was, you know, we had time to try a few different ways, we can try a few thousand ways now, so That's nice. um, it's great, yields a, yields a much richer uh, pool of, of possible answers.
0: Right. And you talked about listening to clients, so what are they telling you they want out of their environment today?
2: Well, I think again, um, our, our sophisticated clients are coming to us and they understand the value of that space. So, um, you know, today your space uh, speaks uh, a whole host of things about you. Your, your brand is demonstrated through that space, it affects your employees, um, it, infle- it affects you. Um, you know, we're seeing a new concern about um, environmental health, um, how people are using the space, uh, you know. I think I think we're um we're kind of done with the idea of just space was somewhere where you go to work now. It's it's more of a more of a tool for you than anything
0: else. So they're looking for more performance out of it for retention and for recruiting and for for just getting get, getting more productive, right? More efficient. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I mean, yeah. we've had clients tell us that, you know, they their aha moment might have been when they had a top recruit come into their office, see the space after kind of Uh, thinking they were aligned in every way from the ideals of the company to you know the city they're in the actual you know uh, location and real estate but then get to the space and and be like I'm not working here (laughs) I'm, I'm literally not working for you guys because of this
0: and what do you see related to office environments what are some of the trends that you see
2: I think right now there's, um, there's a big uh, push to densifying um, offices. We've seen everything go to, uh, to open office or a healthy amount of it go to open office. And we see that, I think, really as business has evolved. Business now is really a team sport. Um, there's a lot of collaboration, a lot of dis- interdisciplinary um, interaction, and, and those environments support that. Um, we also see that you know, we're a mobile connected workforce now. Um, Not everybody goes to the office and needs heads-down space, Uh, you know, so that's translated to sort of a shrinking portfolio with some of our clients, as well as um, a flexibility within that space, you know, heads-down and the personal real estate has shrunk, while the collective spaces, teaming spaces, and interaction areas have have increased.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting to... We're going to create a, a game room in our in our next uh, extension of our office, and in, in there we're going to have a, a nice conference table, it's beautiful, but it, transfer, it transforms into a pool table. Yeah, absolutely.
3: <laughs> Walking uh, in here today yeah. uh, really told me a lot about you. Yeah. And I was pretty impressed at how advanced and you know, forward-looking you've been in all of this here.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. And I think the the space is real important to folks today. And we'll get more into that and what's in some other sectors. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. You're invited to check out the Commercial Real Estate Show on YouTube. That's right. You'll find a great selection of videos like Reese on Real Estate and the Fed's view of commercial real estate. You're invited to subscribe so you don't miss a show of special interest to you. Just visit YouTube and search for the channel Commercial Real Estate Show. Well, today we're discussing architecture, design, and construction. My guests are Donald Banger and Bruce McAvoy. And uh, guys, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about retail projects. Donald, what do you see? What are the trends in uh, retail today?
3: We were doing um, malls at one time. We're not doing malls now. We were doing power centers. Now it became life style centers. Now, we're seeing really the focus is more like along the lines we're talking about other project types. It's experiential. Experiential retail is the phrase that they use now. And what that means is that it's really all about being in a place where people can assemble and have things to do and entertain. It's not just about merchandising and the competition against the um, online stores. You have to have something that gives you the experience. Some retailers use technology for it and they'll have all kinds of displays and things and some motions are going forward to be able to read who you are by, we're gonna have little stickers in our head some, somewhere here that's got a code and that retailer is gonna know what you're tending to buy and what you tend to want <laughs> and they'll give it to you on a on screen. We're preparing right now though in a more, you know, logical way of providing some places for people to assemble and people to enjoy themselves and it becomes more of
0: a, uh, of a day out and the shopping is part of it, part of the entertainment. Well it sounds a lot more exciting than uh, some of the malls I've, I've been to. Yeah. you know my wife and daughter love to go to the mall and I hate it so yeah. you know so I'm, I'm looking forward to that something that might be a little more exciting for me and uh, you know another sector that, that's starting to, to get more new construction um, is hospitality. So, what do you? What should we expect for the future of uh, hotels that we visit, resorts? What what
3: we've been seeing is a lot in common with this is the places that are um, for conference for for getting together are getting a lot more attention. The lobbies are getting to be much more f- fine tuned to a particular target market, and they're becoming places for assembly rather than a pl- place for just a, a, a vision or a. Um, uh... welcome uh, becomes useful spaces uh, the spaces themselves are much more uh, uh, combined uses multi-use in in how they're doing the, the rooms are still pretty pretty sumptuous and there are expectations on all levels at all places in the hospitality area for connectivity to the, to the uh, yeah. o- online to the community out there mm-hmm. so you know technology is taking its taking its what the nicest thing that's ever happened to a room is a flat-screen TV, I tell you what. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> They've gotten bigger and better. Yeah, yeah. So the time right. that you do, you know, just calm down and, and chill out, that's even become more enjoyable.
0: Well, let's switch uh, our view to uh, multifamily and uh, high-rise apartments and condominiums. Um, Bruce, what do you see there?
2: Um, I think there's been a, a slight shift. Um, we're seeing a, a lot more rental right now um, in the local market in the southeast. Um, we're also seeing um, amenities are kind of king. You know, the the I think the demographic of young professionals right now, um, you know, they're making choices about their professional life that really have to do with lifestyle choices as much as, you know, a, a, g- a generation ago maybe with salary and some other things, but you know, believing in the company they work for, choosing a market that they want to live in or a city they want to live in, and then actually choosing a property that um, supports their lifestyle. So we're seeing some of, the, um, some of the unit sizes contract a little, you know, lose a, a few hundred square feet here and there, and in response to that, um, deliver um, more of a lifestyle building, um, you know, that, that supports them in the same way that as a young professional, they're traveling all over the globe, they're, u- they're accustomed to a lifestyle that um, you know is supported by those hotels and um, they want to see that similar to you know the hospitality discussion. Well, what we're so. also
3: seeing is that uh, those who had made that choice then got married then had started having children they're staying in yeah. that lifestyle yeah. rather than, than going yeah. off to the suburbs like it used to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, and
2: with people um, waiting to get married a longer or two I had a client in San Francisco actually um, uh, have a, a term that I hadn't heard before, but it was um, it was a PGBM, which was post graduation before marriage, <laughs> and it's this demographic everybody seems to want. They're, they're the young, the design, they're the that's young. That's
3: what the design it's all geared towards. Yeah, they, they want yeah. the
2: young professional, the young entrepreneur. You know, who's the next Google? Who's the next um, you know web based company startup? Uh, they're all after this demographic that that really is kind of a slightly different animal when it comes to The focus to has
3: been to that group or us baby boomers. Yep. And you guys in the middle, I don't know what's going on yeah. with you all
0: because you've been
3: forgotten.
2: Yeah. We're, just, we're just drafting. We're drafting off the younger guys. So.
0: Well, it makes sense that uh, they want more from their apartment community because, like you said, they, they are there longer. It's, yeah. it's a lifestyle choice. They don't have to yeah. worry about yeah. uh, owning a home and all the challenges that, that might be. Right associated with that, right?
2: There, yeah, there's a, there's an instant gratification in our culture today I mean these are the kids who paid 99 cents to get whatever they wanted Listen to whatever they wanted to hear at that moment from the cloud um, So, you know, I think there's there's a notion with that that um, it, it's easy um, It's flexible, which is another key thing uh, You know, we talked earlier about how they want to choose how they're gonna work and where they work and who they work for I think um, we're seeing more um, rental, more lease um, across the board as well when it and comes they to... more
0: attractive as well, the buildings?
2: I think so. I think the level of sophistication has to play at a level that's, uh, again, part of a global perspective. So in the markets where um, maybe it was slightly behind um, some other markets, you're starting to see those start to equalize. And you're starting to see developers move um, back and forth as well.
3: We're seeing a quality of material has been improved since the amount of walls and such are going away. Yeah. And, uh, that has, that has upgraded
0: in a lot of ways. All right. We're gonna take a short break more on architecture. I'm Michael Bull. This is the commercial real estate show. We'll be right back. The commercial real estate show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We're excited to announce a new service on the show. It's called Ask Michael Bull. Every business day, I answer a listener's question on video. You can check it out at the Twitter account, Ask Michael Bull, or on our YouTube channel, Commercial Real Estate Show. Well, today, we're discussing architecture and design with Donald Banger and Bruce McAvoy. And... Uh, Bruce, tell us about your transparency website at Perkins and Will. I found that very interesting. Just explain to the listeners what's there.
2: Um, well, that really came out of our commitment to sustainability um, at Perkins and Will. We had, uh, you know, been a big supporter of USGBC, that has translated today towards net zero buildings, both in energy and water. Uh, and we started to do some materials research and found out um, it started off as a precautionary list in 2007. And what that really had to do with was we, we identified 25 substances that were known or suspected to have really detrimental uh, human health issues associated with, they were toxicants. And so what we did was we identified those and then started to share it with the industry. And really the idea there was um, let's start to, um, to, to prod the supply chain a little bit and let's get some alternatives at the table, uh, choices for designers. Um, in 2009, that got re-released as um, transparency.perkinsandwill.com, um, and that's now, both have been shared with the industry and people are starting to adopt it. We're actually starting to, to push for um, uh, more declaration of what's in products out there, and um, it's also grown in its research to now encompass uh, allergen triggers, uh, um, asthma triggers, and also flame retardants, which are very um, big topics right now and, and it's it's scary when you see some of the research the uh, you know for instance you take a, a little kid who's in a school can't perform he's a behavior problem everything else they switch environments or they put him in a green school that that's uh, taken into account some of these things student takes off and he performs fantastic it's it's uh it's really rewarding to see that or or to hear from a teacher who has asthma that you know she hasn't had an attack in you know a year and a half after being in the new school she used to have seven a year, um, you know in her old space so um, it's just I think a way it's good design and that's where everything is headed I think you know we we, we can do a better job and we need help from the industry um, with alternatives. And if we holistically look at these buildings um, and per, and look at the health on top of the energy and water, um, it's something we can do for uh, for the planet as well.
0: It's healthy design, right? So yeah. if I'm designing a, a building, I'm going to develop a building, or, or an architect's designing a building and picking out materials. Um, you know, what can they find there? How can they use that? And is the site accessible to everyone?
2: The site is accessible to everybody. You can go to it um, uh, and and kind of browse through the the. The topics, whatever you're looking for, whether it's the you know known substances again that we consider toxicants, and there there's um, there's several lists. There's sort of their chemical names. Sometimes sometimes those get branded by companies, you know, for their their specialty. So it's it's really tough to keep up with this stuff, even as a as a designer to stay on top of what's in these materials. Mm-hmm. But I think if um, the industry uh, starts to um, think of it this way. Um it'll naturally make it down the supply chain to manufacturing and the again the alternatives that are available for good design.
0: We'll put the uh link to the website on the uh show page so if you're listening online you can get to it. Guys you have a real quick tip for our listeners?
2: I think my tip is um never underestimate the power of good design. It really is transformative, so um can't make a better investment. Oh, I
3: agree with that. And in, in this particular Situation where we're at now. Expectations for what we have are pretty good for the future couple of years. And I would very much hope that we don't get over exuberant about it come uh, 2016 and find ourselves yet again overbuilding.
0: All right. Well, guys, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being with us.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here. For more information
0: from Donald Banger, visit urbandesigngroup.com. And from Bruce, visit perkinswill.com. Can you join us next week? Well, I hope so. We'll be, It'll be an interesting show. We'll be talking about housing, senior housing, and assisted living. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for The Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Atlanta Office Liquidators, new and used furniture liquidators. France Media, publications and conferences, and Bull Realty Commercial Brokerage, a great place to do business. For more information on these companies or to access additional podcasts, videos, or blogs, visit commercialrealestateshow.com.